years. As long as you get married. I need that wedding. I need some beauty and some music and some place cards before I die. I saw that going differently in my mind. You know what's wrong with you? No, what? Welcome to The Dating Debrief. I'm your host, Thomas Tucker. Here we try to provide a safe environment for people to share their experiences with looking for love and intimacy. I interview people of all walks of life on this show, and while I neither condone nor condemn their behavior, the purpose is to share their stories with the rest of you so we can all better understand one another. This podcast endeavors to create a safe and respectful LGBTQIAC loving space where we listen with love and respect to people of all races, faiths, walks of life, sexual preferences and identities, and where we stress consent, understanding, respect for others, and love between all people. This podcast may contain profanity or descriptions of triggering events as we explore some of the trauma that some of our guests have experienced. Remember, you can stop listening at any time. Please help us provide an ongoing, supportive, and soul-searching environment to delve deeper into people's personal experiences with dating, frustrations, celebrations, challenges, and learn a little bit about how others are looking for love and long-term romantic connection. Welcome to The Dating Debrief. I'm your host, Thomas Tucker. Thank you for joining us for part two of our discussion with Sandy. When we last left off, Sandy had recently had her son at the age of 20, caught her then-boyfriend sexting with another woman, found out that he was still sexting with another woman while she was in labor, kicked him to the curb, moved back home, and began putting her life and her heart back together. And now for the laughter and love of her journey from heartbreak to happy home on this episode. But one of the most incredible things about your particular story is after you kicked him out after he finally found his place. And we are so glad that he's found his forever partner. You came back to uh, Austin to Round Rock. And then you knew that you were going to have to provide for Raiden. You knew that you were going to have to get back up, that you were going to have to start putting yourself back together, that even if you barely knew how to make it through the day that you had to for your kid and for yourself. And you did, you started doing it one step at a time. You worked when you could. People cut your shifts. You tried to get better jobs. You've struggled to try and find better opportunities. You've looked for healthier relationships. You've still stayed open to meeting other people. What what was that clawback to finding the adult version of you and becoming this incredibly strong woman that you are now, what was that clawback process like? It was brutal. Um, I lived with my mom. Heck, I think I even lived with my mom when I first met you. Um, and I stayed there. I, I got really lucky that I had such a good parent willing to be there for me and willing to, you know, babysit when I have to work and um, do that sort of thing for me. She helped me, you know, neither of us ever ran out of food. She was kind of like a really good safe home for me. Um, she was just the place. And a couple of years before that, I had been desperately trying to get out of there. Um, and I just like landed myself back. So I think I started working. I started doing um, a little bit of a little bit of the online dating stuff. Um, I tried to like meet people just to like have some form of, like social activity to do. Um, I had still had friends in Round Rock that I would see, you know, from when I was in high school here, when I lived here before. So I had the friend group that I needed and I had 
um, really supportive people around, I was just like, I think I tried to start dating after I'd gotten a job working retail um, and I got on, what is it? OkCupid maybe or something like that. Um, And I'd gotten on those and I was just kind of like, I didn't even, I don't even think I really wanted to date. I just wanted to go on dates. Um, I didn't really want to like actively find a human. I just wanted to go on the dates and have fun and like still remember, like I was, I'd had Raiden, I turned 20 and then two days later I had him. So I was still really young. Um, And I really wanted to just be out there and kind of like, have some sense of normalcy. I know it was really, really hard because like I am a single mom and um, normally guys don't really want to get past the first date with that situation anyway. So I think I was more so trying to go on dates, not to like meet a specific person and keep them there, but just because I like dating. I'm, I'm social. I'm fun. I like when I can go on a date and have fun with a person and have that connection. And if it was ever something more, you know, maybe there would be a second date or stuff like that. But I didn't, I didn't necessarily want to replace Raiden's dad. I didn't want, you know, somebody to help me. I didn't want to go find like a safety net outside of my family or anything like that. I just kind of wanted to feel like a human yeah, and a little bit feel your age, too. I mean, you're still 20 years old. You're not even 21 yet, drinking age, but you still had friends. I, you and I met at a house party uh, through a mutual friend, and um, Tr- Tristan, and wow. we we uh, just kind of stumbled across each other. And I think at the end of the night, I was designated driving people and we went and got ice cream at Amy's ice cream. And we were just hanging out and talking about various stuff. And uh, I think at that point, you just, there was a, there was a degree of needing to get out of the house. There was a degree of still needing to figure out who you were to uh, have a sense of joy and not just a sense of responsibility. And to have uh, to, to have a little bit of uh, appreciation for life. And because I think you're, I think you're full of like this zest for life and this natural love of, of the human condition, like this natural love of other people. And if you're just going to work and going back home, you don't really have an ability to show that, but you're so nurturing and caring and free spirited and nerdy as hell that <laughs> Like the, I think that that side of you was just craving uh, expression and that going out and spending some time with friend groups and, and going on dates gave you the chance to do that. Meanwhile, you were still trying to figure out how do I uh, become appreciated and respected at a place of employment? How do I make the jump from just retail to being a, a needed or a necessary uh, employee and, and, uh, or business owner, or you're really trying to figure out what you wanted to do professionally as well. And there are all these, there are all these things going on in your life. It wasn't for a couple of years. I think that you actually moved out of your mother's and into an apartment with another single mom. And then there were various and sundry shenanigans with that circumstance. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. It was, I don't think it was a necessarily a happy experience for either of us. We were both young. We both wanted to get away from our parents. We needed help. Like we helped each other for the time being, but, um, but yeah, I, I did take my time. I did, you know, try to build a savings. I think at the time that I moved out, I didn't even have a car. So it's still kind of rough. Um, I tried to get an apartment. I think after the apartment didn't really work out, after that roommate situation didn't work out, I moved back in with my mom for a little bit. Um, And then I met, I actually started, I I made a job change is what it was. I started working in the food service industry. um, And I kind of moved from retail to that. And that's when I met, um, Outside of Raiden's dad, that was when I met the guy who I dated, and he was like my first real relationship outside of, um, outside of Raiden's dad. Like he was my first real 
adult relationship and I had met him where I was working. And you guys had a ton of stuff in common. Oh, absolutely. I, I, so normally I worked the night shift. It was, I was at Kirby Lane. I, I worked overnights and there was one server who is super sweetheart and she asked me to cover for her one morning. And so I did. Um, and he was working there and like on the morning shift, like he was just on an opposite shift than I was. Um, and I kind of like, they, we have this camera um, at the front of one of the, lo- or I don't know how all the locations are, but at my location, the, the cameras were at the front where you could see into each dining room and sort of um, like on the, on the line working. And I saw him, you know, moving trays around. He's hustling. He's cleaning. It's like 7 a.m. He had so much energy. And I was like, okay, he's cute. Um, that's noted. I'm just going to go to my section and do my work. And we were actually sectioned right next to each other. So we were sharing like a little pay terminal and we got to talking and homies wearing like a Pokemon hat and he was super nerdy and super high energy and like basically just the kind of person that I was interested in dating. So I, um, I think I stared at him enough that day that he finally was like, hey, can I have your phone number? <laughs> I like that was my way of like flirting is I would like be talking to tables and then like side glance over at him and he'd be looking at me. And so I was kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I guess he thinks I'm cute too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started talking and um, we exchanged phone numbers and, you know, I found out that he was, he was a single dad and I was a single mom. And so we kind of hit it off there. We had a lot of nerdy things in common. He was interested in, you know, his own set of nerdy things. And I had my interests and like some of those interests were shared, which was really nice. Um, And we were kind of hanging out and, and it just started to like build into like, I want to see this person all the time, every day. Like he's so cool. I just want to hang out with him. Um, And so we did, I think there was a point in time where he had mentioned something about, he was like, I can't wait until you're in your own apartment. That way, you know, I can come over after work and like, we can hang out and just chill out. And I told him, I was like, honestly, I think if I was at my, like, if I was living in my own apartment, I just want to be over at your house anyway, because, you know, then Raiden gets to play with his daughter and like all of these things. So he was like, really? Well, how would you feel about moving in? And I was like, uh, I got really scared at first because like the last time didn't go so hot. And um, then I immediately thought about it. And like one of the things that I loved about him was that he was so good at clearly communicating. Um, and it was like a shock to me that somebody could communicate like that well with you and and make their intentions so clear and make sure that you guys are on the same page. So um, I kind of like put away my fear, I, like, you know, sucked it up. I got a little brave and I was like, yeah, okay. Like we can do that. And then, you know, I told my mom and she was like, okay. I'm like, while I'm not currently in the relationship with that guy, I still haven't moved back to my mom's house. So he was kind of like a really important stepping stone. I think to me, like he pushed me in ways that nobody else had really ever cared to do. Like he encouraged me. I had started going to school when I lived in that apartment um and he you know pushed me to take on more classes and like you know get get hyped for your goals and stuff like that he was very motivating um which was another thing that i really really liked about him he wanted you to be happy with you yeah exactly and like for the most part i i think i was i had formed really solid friendships i had had a job that i was able to pay you know my own my own bills and I was getting ready to be able to pay rent. I had a decent amount in savings. I was in a good place for him to meet me. Um, and I think waiting that long to actually decide like, yes, I'm going to date you. There were like a couple guys before him, obviously that I was like, eh, maybe, you know, you're not so bad. Maybe I'd like to actually date you, but that wasn't like the general norm. It wasn't until him that I met him that I was like, Oh yeah, I could, I could date the shit out of you. You're so nerdy. You're so <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, and like, I think after um, after he and I broke up, like, I just think that whole experience of dating with him was something that I would not be in a successful relationship if I had not dated him. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think anyway. I think that he was a really amazing, like, 
sounds terrible because I don't, I don't feel like I stepped on him or anything, but like, he was a good stepping stone into getting me on the right path. No, that doesn't sound terrible at all. It makes, it makes perfect sense. You were, you have overcome so many thresholds that people struggle to get past. People struggle to achieve uh, personal independence. People struggle to get back to school. People struggle to become uh, present and and uh, emotionally available and and loving individuals after having their hearts broken. People struggle to be present parents and and really quality parents and showing up for their children, especially after suffering severe heartbreak. But you have overcome so many of these things while at the same time still saying, okay, I there's parts of me that that need to be nurtured by my need for socialization and by my love of other people. I still need to start uh, creating opportunities for other people to be part of my my life and and for me to start investing my heart again, even when you were terrified of moving in with this gentleman, when he asked, you examined the situation and said, okay, like, how do I really feel about it? What is he talking about? How can I communicate? And then there were a number of things I think that you learned during that relationship that would prepare you for long-term intimacy. I remember when you were in that relationship, there were arguments that you were having. Um, I believe on one occasion there was a there was a big blow-up, and you and I talked, and and you were kind of self-shaming and saying um, that that you you should be able to control your emotions more. You should be able to uh, you, you should be able to kind of check yourself better and behave in a more predictable emotional fashion. And I was like, I, I don't think so. I think these things are, are natural, but there were, there were these critical lessons that I think, what kind of critical lessons did you have to learn during that relationship that you think prepared you for the success of your current relationship? And then how did you, go from that relationship to building yourself back up again in the meantime, and then being open to meeting your forever person now, and then actually recognizing that he was a great partner for you and entering into this new relationship. Um, yeah, I, I learned a lot from, from Matthew, actually, I don't know that I could, I could probably write a book um, just on all the things because he's, um, I want to say six years sober. He's, he's, you know, he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's got a great foundation. He's got a, a really big support group. Um, and that's something that like, I had my little, my little things, but my little support, you know, stuff behind me, but he had this like vast array of friends and, and, you know, knew how to make time. And he taught me how to kind of give more of myself if your friends need like support back as much as people are supporting me, which I feel like I, I generally did, but like he taught me how important it was to kind of work with other people that, that it really does take a village. And so you have to take care of the village when they need it too. Um, so that was a big thing. And then I think like the main thing that I learned with him is I'm so I'm a crybaby. I just cry at everything. Like I see a cute puppy video on Facebook and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to cry about this. Um, I am very emotional. And so when we would get into like arguments, like you said, I, I would kind of like clam up a little bit and I would just start crying. Like I would be listening and I would be kind of like blaming myself for all of these things that, you know, whatever we're fighting about. It was always a me problem. It was always like, He's saying these things because he's mad at me, because I'm behaving this way, because I'm doing that. And in reality, looking back, I don't think he was ever trying to be like, hey, this is your fault and you're fucking this up. Um, I think he was trying to give me constructive criticism on how I could communicate or how I can do things. And in my brain, I was just so kind of traumatized into thinking that I'm always the one wrong because – that's a lot of the time what Cody did to me. He would, he would make me feel like it was my fault that he was cheating on me or that, you know, I, you know, he made, he knocked me down so many levels that I think whenever an argument came up in the next relationship, 
that I just kind of went back down to that level. Like, even if he didn't push me there, even if he said nothing that, you know, was him being cruel, I just went back into that, like, kind of hole that I hid in and just um, – I would get really emotional. I would, I would cry about stuff. And then obviously, you know, some guy's trying to give you a constructive or your boyfriend's trying to give you constructive criticism and you're just sitting there crying about it. It's, it made him feel like shit. Like he felt like he was always, you know, stepping on, on glass to try to tell me things like give me these criticisms where he felt that they were fair. And, and I wasn't sure how to handle someone giving me criticism and also not attacking me. Is that a really important skill? Do you think knowing how to communicate with your partner and communicate uh, concerns and criticism without them perceiving it as an attack? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like I am so used to, if there's something wrong in the relationship, I'm being attacked. Like it's, it's my character. It's my personality or like, shit, there was one point where Cody, like, even just looked me in the eyes and told me that I was worthless and that I would never amount to anything and I was going to be a horrible mom and, like, all of these terrible things that were just degrading. Um, So to have a relationship that finally kind of showed me, hey, like, I'm telling you this thing you did because it's a thing you need to check, but I'm not mad about it and we're not going to scream about it and you're not less of a person because of it. It was so important for me to learn that because I was still putting myself into that like hidey hole basically where I was like, okay, this is my pit of like self-despair and I'll just sit here and cry and cry and cry until there's puppies on my Facebook feed and like (laughs) just kind of, I put myself there. So I think being in that relationship with him made me realize I don't have to do that. Some people genuinely just want to help me grow better. And he was one of those people. He still is one of those people. I think that the times that I have been in relationships where every time the other person said they wanted to talk about something, an emotional storm was coming and some kind of what felt like an attack on my character, what felt like all these judgments, what felt like basically... Uh, they were going to scream, they were going to yell, they were going to make a lot of emotional attacks. That was, that was on the way. It geared me up to expect in the next relationship when somebody said, hey, I need to talk. It's almost like I would emotionally go back to another room, put on my armor, grab a fucking sword and some nunchucks and whatever else that I need to do battle come out, not because I want to hurt them, but because I'm about to get hit. Like this shit is coming. Oh my God. Yes. Like I need to be prepared for it. I I need my, I need my plate armor plus two and I need to say a prayer ahead of time. I need to cast whatever spells of protection I can find uh, before it comes all my buffs. Like for you, for people who play video games or, or play D and D like, like I do. (laughs) Yes. All all you nerds cast all your buffs because the shit is coming in. Yeah. See, except like my only buff was like a fucking like veil of tears or something. Like there was nothing. I had no buff. I was just like, I'm going to (laughs) cry. This is terrible. It's the defense of mourning. Like it's, it's fantastic. It's like, it's like, stop attacking me. I'm already, I've already lost. Like, like, like throwing the white flag. You're just going, I'm already, I give up. It's true. But we have to we have to learn that uh, just because what what one person means when they say, hey, we need to talk or what one person means when they say, look, I'm not I'm not really happy about this current situation is not the same thing as what another person means when they say that. And the the outcome is not the same, but we have to experience it a couple of times to go oh shit, when they said they that we were about to have a fight, they didn't mean they were going to hit me. Yeah. They didn't mean that they were going to throw stuff. They didn't mean the cops were going to get called. They didn't mean they were going to emotionally manipulate me and tell me everything is my fault, mm-hmm. make me feel like shit, make me feel like a failure. They meant we're about to have a fight because um, you said that you were going to be home for dinner at, at eight and you didn't get home till 10 and you didn't call. And it just made me feel very uh, forgotten and unimportant. And I just need to confront that difficult issue with you. How, what, what should we do about this next? And like, that's as much as they raise their voice and you're like, 
when is the fight coming? Yeah, like, what? exactly. No, and I feel so terrible because by the end of it, like he never, he was never the guy that like yelled at me or did any of that. He just, I feel like he got kind of like almost a dad, like he used the dad voice a little bit and was like, very matter of fact, we have to talk about this. And so um, it didn't ever get worse than like the dad voice of like, okay, this is how we're going to handle the situation. He's very logical. He looks at things very, you know, black and white, um, which helped me like learn a lot. Um just because he could he could separate that out and i think the main issue in that relationship was just like we straight up had different love languages um we would both think we were putting in tremendous amounts of effort and the other person just couldn't see it or didn't see it or you know couldn't learn how to um there's like this just incompatibility with the way that we would express our love for each other because I think that I think that we still do. I still love him, not an, as in a romantic way, but um, you care about his welfare and his of well-being. Of course, I still like. I care about his daughter. Still, I'm friends with his new girlfriend. Like he's still, bro. He still lives in my house. Um, he moved out obviously for a little while, but like after a certain period of time after the breakup, we we got to talking and we decided like we do miss each other's. Um, friendship and we do want to have each other in our lives it's just not going to be in a romantic way and both of us were extremely okay with that so you live together right now yeah like we 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 live together with my current boyfriend um which really my living situation has not changed um since I started dating him and moved out from my mom's because we moved in with a couple of roommates and one of those roommates was Dom, who is like my, my person. Um, so like we, we all still are very close and, you know, he'll peek his head into like the living room or the bedroom, whatever room we're in and kind of like come hang out with us and talk. And like, we're still, he's still a very important person to rate in. Like he's, he's uncle Matt now. So, um, so, when you moved, when you moved in, when you moved out of your mom's to into the house with a couple of guys, you moved in with Dom and Matt. I did. I moved in. Well, Dom and Matt had already been roommates, um, right? So, like, they were friends. They knew each other. Um, they had known each other for a few years, and um, he was just like, "Oh, you want to live with Matt? You got to live with Dom too, because Dom lives there." And then we got a couple of other roommates. We filled the house, you know, filled every room. Got rent really low, which I loved because <laughs> food service sucks. But um, <laughs> we did that, and it's been basically the same roommates since then. Like, we haven't had really any new people come in. Um, so you started a love affair with Matt and your relationship, you were living in the same place. Your relationship progressed. It went through ups. It went through downs. But Dom was around to witness all of it. Absolutely, he was. And um, at the time, like I, I had brought in a couple of roommates that were my friends. So we were living with um, like a collection of each other's friends, me and Matt which was really cool because we all like had that nerd vibe going on. And, you know, for the first few months when we moved in, it was kind of like every night was like a game night. We would all just hang out and play Magic the Gathering or play um, like they would play the video games or whatever. And I just kind of like hang around and watch because I suck and I have terrible hand-eye coordination. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was it was really it was a good atmosphere. It was one that I felt comfortable with Raiden being in. And, and he had, you know, all these uncles now that were living in the house that that I trusted and it was really good for us but Dom did watch everything um and he was kind of going through his own stuff too because you know Dom was married before he started dating me I think legally Dom still is married he's filed for divorce but um but like he was going through his own stuff and so I know that he was the person that if me and Matt got into a fight I would kind of like suck up all my energy and just like go in his room and plop myself on his bed and be like, Dom, this, this and this and this. And like, I would talk to him and I would vent to him. And like, there would be times like if the fights got really bad and I didn't feel they resolved, like I would even go cry to him and just like, I just needed someone to listen to me. And he just didn't care about having background noise, I guess. Um, he was just kind of there willing to listen. Um, 
and he was a really really good friend at some point I think I even started describing him as he's my best friend um because he's there for me he talks to me we uh we were fat kid friends which is essentially when at the end of the night we both get really really hungry and snackish Mm-hmm. and decide to go to the kitchen and just get snacks or like I'm on the couch and he got up to get a snack like he'd bring me one too so we were fat kid friends first um we just like feed our inner fat kids and like um do that weird nerdy gaming stuff and just kind of like we had time to build that I lived with him for over a year before I even like thought about him romantically did he already have romantic feelings for you so I found out later that he did. Um, it was actually one of the um, problems with Matt and I's relationship is that he saw how compatible that Dom and I would be and got very insecure and was like, well, how do I know you're not going to leave me for him? And I was like, because Dom's a dick, dude. Like, he's awful. No. Like, I just – I was kind of like not – I forced myself not to look at Dom that way out of respect for the relationship that I was in. Yeah, you're you and I are able to to do that. Like when we care about somebody, nobody else exists. Like nobody else is even a romantic possibility. Exactly. This is, this is one of the reasons why I don't understand people that cheat because my brain does not work that way. It, it you were in a relationship with Matt, therefore Dom is a non-starter. Yeah, but, he's like Ken, like he's just flat down there. There's like nothing. There's nothing to even think about or consider. Like right. just everyone was like dolls. Like they didn't have any sort of like sexual energy towards me or anything like that. Even if they did, which I found out later, Dom did have a huge crush on me. Um, so I was like, (laughs) I was kind of surprised to find that out. Actually. I was like, oh, uh, yeah, me too, bud. Um, (laughs) and sort of, it was, it was weird because I, I had never really looked at him that way. What was it like once your eyes opened to that possibility and having already established such a large amount of trust and such a large amount of friendship and 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 quality time with him already what was it what was it like to have that switch flip on in your brain where you go oh this is a this is a man this is a guy this is a potential partner bruh it was so weird okay so matt actually called it he when we broke up he was like i just i don't think this is a good thing for us i was unhappy at the time he was unhappy at the time it was a good time to break up i was heartbroken about it still because I was convinced, like, he's probably the last good guy out there. What the fuck else am I going to do? Excuse you, where the fuck are you going? Um, And I think that first day, like, after that, because it happened, oh, bad timing, on Mother's Day. um, Mm -hmm. And he kind of, like, left the house and he went to do, like, his work. Like, he was planning on moving out at the end of the month and all this stuff. So he went to do his job. And I forced myself to go downstairs and find a person and the first person I found was Dom and you know he's got a daughter he was getting ready to take her to go to the aquarium and I just looked at him and I'm you know tears streaming down my face and all this stuff and I was like Matt just dumped me and he was like wait what and just kind of like he was like I'm so sorry I have to go I promised to take Lily I'm meeting my aunt or whatever you know he's he's like I have to do this but I'll I'll be back and we'll you know we'll talk I'll be here and I was like okay and so I just kind of like sat at the bottom of the stairs and cried all day and I ate a lot of ice cream and was you know like I went over to my mom's later and then and then you and I went out to lunch like you came and got me and and we had a good a much needed talk between the two of us um and after that, it was just kind of like I went back to my mom's, went back home. I, you know, I just tried to like keep going through the motions and we live with other people. So I can't necessarily like go nuclear and like lose my shit or, you know, be mean or like lash out in any type of way. So it was just very much uncomfortable for me to sit there and just kind of like go through the motions and pretend like, oh, yeah, I'm totally fine just to like keep my roommates you know, not feeling super awkward. Everyone in the house obviously knew. And um, it was even worse that like the the last, like the rest of the month, it was about a, a couple weeks, two, two, 
two weeks that we had to still continue to live together um, and even sleep in the same room. Like, it was just hard. But, oh, wow. But Dom and the other guys that we were living with were both like they were all so supportive they were like you know you know really it wasn't even the right relationship for you and like they're all trying to like make me feel better while simultaneously not shit on their friend so they (laughs) they did a really good job about it um of being like supportive and also like hey you know he's not a shitty guy he's just you know it was a shitty relationship it's fine um and that's true like i i don't think that he was right for me at all but i think that this new girl that he's dating is she's the freaking best like she's awesome i i hang out with her we talk about star wars like she's really cool um so he's obviously doing well in this relationship and i'm doing well in mine i think that just together because we didn't have that that love language connection it was hard for us was it hard when you broke things off with matt when things ended with matt and you reached out to dom and you had him there as that emotional support uh was it when did you know that dom had feelings for you and when did you start actually entertaining the idea of of spending time with him as a potential partner and then once you started feeling this way and once you started opening yourself opening yourself up to these feelings was it hard to draw boundaries around not rushing directly into a very intense relationship when you already lived together and you already knew so much about each other, or was it easy to just go ahead and rush into it? And there was little fear. Like, what, what was that like? Cause you already knew each other so well. Yeah, it was, it was kind of weird. It wasn't hard though. Um, so we actually, it's like fast forward about a month after the breakup, it was really only about that. And we, you know, all the roommates were like, we got to get you out of the house. We got to get you, you know, out and about and doing Sandy things because I'd just been kind of like depressed for the past month. And they were like, let's go to emo night, which I don't know if you've ever been, but it's just like a bunch of really cool uh, kids, emo kids get together and listen to like, um, like Panic at the Disco and stuff like that together. Like we just get in a room um, at some bar downtown and and have these DJs play like all of these old school emo band music type things and kind of like drink and and chill out and and go and just kind of like start a a weird mosh pit in front of a DJ booth. It's it's a lot of fun. Um and I used to like going to them with my friends before um that was like had been one of my hobbies and I hadn't really done it in a long time cuz Matt didn't really like to go to shows so I just kind of stopped going and um they were like what do you want to do like we're gonna get you a house I was like let's do this and they were like okay so everyone just got on board with this idea of doing emo night and you know Dom's not a let's go out kind of person he's very much like I would prefer 10 out of 10 to sit at home and watch tv than to go out and like play pool or whatever um so the fact that even he was on board I was like okay everyone's being supportive like I guess I'll get myself out of the house and we'll kind of try to get me out of this funk and I went and I had such a good time but it was actually like a pheromone thing I think with Dom because we're sitting there we're dancing we're we're hanging out we're getting kind of crazy and being weirdos together and we go out it's one of the bars that has like one of those rooftop um, patio things available. Yeah. So we went out to kind of just like catch a breath um, and everyone's out there and they're, you know, vaping or smoking or whatever. And um, I went out there and I was tired. Like I've been dancing. I've been trying to, you know, get into the Sandy groove and I leaned up against him just cause like a kind of, Oh, I'm exhausted. And I, I think the wind blew at just that right moment and I smelled him and was like, he's supposed to smell like sweat. Why do I like it? Um, Mm. And I just, I had never really looked at him like that before. So I kind of like in that moment where I realized, Oh, I'm attracted to this scent. That means I'm attracted to Dom. Like it's Dom's smell. I was like, Oh shit. Matt was right. I, I like Dom. (laughs) And 
I immediately went back into that like self-hating kind of thing where I was like, fuck, that means Matt was right. And, you know, I'm like a shitty human for it and all this stuff. And all of my friends immediately were like, no, that's that's not what that means. It just means that you like dumb and that Matt was right. Both of those are individual statements. Get over it. I was like, oh, (laughs) okay, cool. So I kind of like had told one of the roommates as it happened Um, And that we all kind of decided, like, I got really lightheaded after that and wasn't really feeling it. So we just kind of left almost immediately after we started walking back to the car, which was a few blocks away. And the entire time, I'm just, like, freaking out. I'm I'm like, oh, shit, I like Dom. This is going to suck because, you know, technically he's still married and technically all these things. And Matt was, you know, Matt called it, like, oh, great, cool. Like, I, I... I realized that I had the feelings, but I wasn't necessarily immediately excited about them. I was kind of like, cool, great. So other people are just calling my life for me. Got it. Um, And we got home and Dom knows me. Like you said, we had spent the last year forming this sort of like friendship and relationship that um, I feel like a lot of people don't really get to. So by the time we got to the car, he like looked at me. He was like, what's up with you? And I was like, man, I like didn't want to talk. Um, so we didn't talk until we drove from Austin back to Round Rock. We got home. Everyone kind of like went into their rooms and did their thing. And I, um, I got into bed and he had like texted me and he was like, hey, what's up with you? Because you know you're going to tell me. So just tell me because I tell him everything. And I was like, yeah. So I just have feelings for someone And it's hard because those feelings for someone, like the someone is you. So I'm just struggling with that a little bit right now. And he was like, oh, um, and he like had texted me. He was like, I don't, I don't really think that we should, you know, date, date because like we live together. And he was like, I don't, he was like, I don't want to rush into anything. And I was like, yeah, that's like understandable. He was like, but you're you're so good. Like, you're so nice. And, you know, you're really cute and stuff. He was like, (laughs) he, um, he tried to play it off. Like he was, he was actually really excited. I found out later, but he tried to play it off and be like, I don't know. Are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm sure. And he was like, just so you know, uh, my bedroom door is unlocked right now. (laughs) I was like, oh, cool. So like we could talk in person. (laughs) Because you're texting down the hall. Yeah, he's like right down the hall from me. He's like, just so you know, everyone else is in bed and uh, my bedroom door's unlocked. And I was like, okay. And I kind of like went in there and I just like, I like he's sitting in bed. He's so awkward. (laughs) He's sitting in bed. He didn't make any attempts to like get up or look busy or anything like that. He's just like sitting in his bed, blanket pulled up over him and he like faces me and then just kissed me. And like, that was, I was, I've been obsessed with him ever since. (laughs) That was that. No, it really was. I, um, I think for the first couple of weeks we tried to like, not necessarily hide it, but for lack of a better term, hide it. Like we didn't want to be like, Hey, um, I'm feeling much better. Also I'm dating Dom now. (laughs) Um, we didn't really want to, we kind of just wanted to see where it was going to go. Cause it might've been like, you know, he's, he's going through stuff. His wife told him he wanted a divorce and I just got dumped and all these things. So like, maybe this is a rebound, who knows? And so we kind of like kept it quiet um, for a little bit and um, like started sleeping together and doing all these things. Well, eventually it just got to a point, I think within a couple of weeks where he was like, I don't really want to have to like, we had been doing this thing where if we're sitting on the couch, I have, infinite comfort objects in my living room so it means there's like blankets everywhere and pillows and all kinds of stuff um so we would like hold hands under the blankets so that no one would um notice that we were trying to snuggle up basically um and he just like still wanted to reassure me that i needed that he like wanted to be hanging out with me and did this or like hold my hand under the blanket and i think eventually somebody noticed Um, and then both of us had also, like, I had told one of the roommates and he had told one of the roommates and then everybody knew. And then, so it was just kind of like, okay, now let's get this out in the open. Everybody knows anyway, but Dom and I are like a thing. 
At what point did you start thinking, not only is this a great compatible partner, but this is my forever person? What what aspects of your relationship together really nurture you and have solidified in your mind that this is this is it for you? I think the fact that I I trust him with not only my life but my child's life. Like I trust him with everything. He's he's been the best friend. He's been the person that I can go talk to if I'm having a rough day. He's been the fat kid friend. He's been all these things that holy cow, how didn't I see it earlier? Like, why did Matt see that before me? I'm, I like to think I'm smarter than him, but apparently I couldn't see that. So I think it happens relatively quickly where we decided like, this is going to be a serious relationship. He, um, I don't, I don't even think it was like a month. And he was like, had told his wife, Hey, I have a girlfriend just so you know, like, I don't, I want to make this very out in the open. Um, not trying to hide anything on that front and, you know, kind of got all of our ducks in a row. But as soon as that point had happened, it had kind of been like, I looked at him, I was like, oh, so I'm going to move out. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah. So like, we just started dating and it's been like 20 minutes and I, like, we already lived together. This is moving so fast. Like, this is so crazy. <laughs> um, and just kind of, I decided that I was going to move out because like I, I saw him and it was mainly after he had told his wife, like, Hey, I'm just so you know, I'm dating a girl. It's pretty serious. All these things. I was like, okay, so then it is serious. And like, I'm totally good with this. Like I'm absolutely loving it. So I'm, I need to move out because I don't want it to be where we like crazy rush into things. Um, so I found a room to rent and me and Raiden moved out, I want to say for like five months. It wasn't a super long period of time, but it was long enough that I almost want to call them the lost years. Like I was basically there all the freaking time anyway. And, you know, Raiden still had toys and stuff at, at, the, at the house with Dom and the guys that I was just always over there hanging out because A, the boyfriend's there. B, the roommates are essentially my best friends. So like they're the only people that I really hang out with on a daily basis. Um, so even though I had moved out, I was spending the night a lot or I would, um, I would just go to hang out there like during the day kind of. Yeah. But there was at least this understanding that you didn't live together and there was an opportunity to have your own individual space. Right. And, and there was also a, a little bit of a, an emotional buffer from, things accelerating too fast or putting too much pressure on the relationship by actually giving it some physical space. And you let that play out for about five months before you go, okay, this is not a transient thing. This is not, um, uh, this isn't a short-term relationship. Um, none of these red flags I've seen before are popping up. This feels good. It feels safe. It's consistent. It's consistent with what I've seen over the last couple of years that, that I've known this guy. I think you, at this point, you've known him for a year, year and a half, almost two. Yeah, it was it was yeah. a good amount of time. And I think after those five months, we just kind of were like, "Why are we living separately? We're over all the time." If he's not, you know, coming and hanging out where I was living, I was hanging out where he was living, and. It was just like, we, what are we doing? Why are we doing this separately? I just kind of want to come home and see you. So like, let's, let's just make that happen. Um, and so I moved back in and I've like been in the living, this living situation since then. Like we, we moved actually to Georgetown not too long ago, um, which is a little stressful because it was during all that, all like the COVID closures and stuff like that. We kind of had to move right then but um but like it has been consistent and it's been i i feel like i could do an entire other freaking episode of the dating debrief just going on about how good we are for each other and like how amazingly safe it feels like being around him and i I think (laughs) i think think i think we should yeah i think no i think we should do another episode on on the quality of, of your relationship and the things that 
that really nurture each other. I think one of my immediate questions is from the day that you realized that you were attracted to each other and even before that, because you were already living together and um, as not as friends. And so from the day that you guys realized that you were attracted to each other, has there been a day that you didn't communicate? Oh, no. Uh Uh-uh. No, we talk every day. Like there was one time, there has been one time, maybe, where we didn't talk and it was strictly because like of our work schedules or something like that. Like it was like, okay, well, we didn't have this, but there was very open communication about, hey, I'm going to be busy. I'm going to be doing this. I have to go do this job. And then, you know, he was working part-time as a mechanic. So he's got to do stuff at the shop. And then I would have had like basically the opposite shift of him. So like all of these things. And it was very clear, like, okay, you're going to be busy today. I'm going to be busy today. Okay, cool. Bye. Um, And like, just (laughs) break, let's go. And then we go like kick ass. and, And, you know, the very next day, it was like nothing. But there are days where, he'll wake up and go to work and I'll, you know, kind of slowly start my day and he'll text me a few hours later, five or six hours later. He's like, Hey, it's been a long day. I just really miss you. And I'm like, I saw you this morning, but I miss you too. (laughs) So you always let each other know that you're thinking about each other and that your priorities. Oh, absolutely. And I, I didn't realize how important that was to him. Um, and that's something that in his last like relationships, he's, he's, he hasn't had that. He's always, he, so he's Filipino, right? And he's very, um, or he's half Filipino and he's very like old school, very traditional. He likes, you know, his goals are to be like the man of the house and he's going to take care of his family and like all of these things, which I'm totally about. Um, but because I think he's so used to taking care of everything, he just, wasn't used to somebody giving that back to him like he would just date these girls who were like take 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 cool what else you got take 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 um and I'm over here just putting in what I think is like it's not necessarily effort because I would do this for anybody but I'm putting in the work and doing those things and he gets like stumped kind of and he gets kind of quiet on me and I'll be like hey good he's like yeah I just I can't I can't remember the last time I talked to somebody who thought about my needs too. Like, that's just crazy to me. And I'm like, well, it shouldn't be. And hello, I'm here. <laughs> I've got you now. But your love language is naturally aligned with his, as opposed to the relationship with Matt, where you were trying to tell each other and trying to communicate on a constant basis that you did care about each other, but it was just not being received and not being communicated in a way that could be received. Right. Yeah. And it's so funny because it it's it's so natural with Dom. Like it doesn't take any I I've never been fully comfortable with anybody because I I'm a weirdo. Like I get really really close on your game nights, I'm not going to lie, where I can just go and let like kind of relax and let my myself breathe and not think too hard about you know what's going on around me or what's happening at work or what's happening here or there. But there's like levels to my comfort, I think, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so like, there's, there's like Thomas game night, which is getting pretty close. And then the top comfort zone is spending time with my sister. Mm. And I've never been so weird with anyone that I have with my sister until I met Dom. Like I can get to that level of weird. And he's like, Oh my gosh, I love you. And I'm like, Oh, good. Okay. Like, this is great. I love you too. Awesome. Sweet. Amazing. You don't have to censor anything. You can, you can reach the same level of comfort that you reach with your sister who you used to live in the same room with. Yeah. Like we, we, I, I have to be like, we were forced into it, but like, we're really, really close because we spent all of those years like in a room together um, yeah. when we were kids. So she's still like, I don't know, I'm going to get married one day and I'm going to ask her to be my best man, you know? Like she's she, she's the person. She's one of my my close humans that if like I would die for my sister. She's amazing. I would I I would do anything to help her and she is the same with me. And now I have Dom who is an equal sort of like level to that. I used to think my sister was kind of like 
I would register his like God tier, you know, she's amazing. She is the best and no human will ever touch how great she is. And then there's Dom who somehow does. Well, I just care for you beyond reason. And it is such, it is amazing to hear your authentically told tale of your journey throughout your life, especially having been part of parts of it. And it's so heartwarming and healing and wonderful to know that somebody I care about so deeply is cared about so deeply and that you consistently have other people in your corner and that you've got this wonderful, caring and loving individual in your life that is looking after you on a day-to-day basis. That's what family and friends want for each other. That's, that's what we really hope for each other every single day and we show up as much as we can for each other and but at at the end of the day we really hope that there will be one or a couple you know if somebody's poly we hope that there's going to be a situation that meets not only your friendship needs but also your deeper emotional needs for even a level of connection and a level of vulnerability and a level of love that you and I don't have or that that is deeper than anything that a friend could provide and you found that and then you've also come into it with the lessons that you've learned but without the baggage from your previous relationships right and you you hold it in this safe space and you cherish it and you're nurturing it each day. You're reminding each other that you're a priority. You're expressing gratitude for the relationship. You're trying to figure out new ways of things that when a lot of relationships are going sideways because of COVID, when a lot of people are complaining about being stuck with somebody, you guys are, are thriving. And that just gives me so much hope, but it also, it's something that I look at with awe and with joy. And I'm so grateful for you today and for the love in your life. And it really is, um, it really is awe inspiring. It feels nice. <laughs> and thank you for being so brave to tell your story to me today. Of course. I'm, I was, it's good to tell it. I didn't realize sort of like the therapeutic um like i don't even know how to say it like it's therapeutic talking about it and i didn't necessarily realize it because it's not something that i i openly bring up to like a lot of people but it's it's really nice when you do get to talk about it and look back at it and not be so like bitter still you know i don't think you're bitter at all i think I think it's been amazing how you have been through so many transitions and so many opportunities to give up or so many opportunities to go negative, but you've consistently decided to stay positive, stay loving, look for new meaningful relationships, get rid of friendships or other relationships that were dragging you down, that were toxic, refocus your energy, make people a priority that that are healing you and people that are caring about you. And it's almost like you've gone through 60 years of adventure in 25 years. You've you've been through these incredibly difficult situations, these intense relationships. But whereas some other people have approached their romantic desires with real hesitancy and have taken three, four years for even a friendship to play out into a love uh, affair or into a romance, you were able to say, oh my gosh, I smell this guy. He was able to say something has changed in your dynamic on the way home. You were able to admit it in text messages at the end of the night, immediately go and start the in-person communication, immediately identify what's the best thing for you guys and move into a healthy space continue moving forward with you like such communication abilities and skills and such ability to to deal with the emotional changes in your life that just speaks to what a wonderful person you are and how emotionally aware you are and how nurturing you have become to yourself and the people around you it's It's amazing to have your energy in a room because whenever you are around, 
everyone feels safe. Everyone feels taken care of because you bring that for yourself because you've learned it over these experiences that you've been through in your life. That's so sweet. I'm so glad you feel that way because that's the exact vibe I'm going for. (laughs) Mission accomplished. (laughs) I hope that you have found the exact vibe that you were going for in whatever endeavor you are trying to accomplish today. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. Really appreciate it. It can be incredibly therapeutic to tell your story, and I would love to hear it. I'm looking for more people to tell their stories on The Dating Debrief. If you would like to be a guest on the show, please send me an email at show at thedatingdebrief.com. And please follow us on your favorite podcasting service, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you might find us. If you have a moment, drop us a positive review or send us to a friend. Thanks.